This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Saturday Night Live with Philly Lieber. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries, and powered by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Stern, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Saturday Night Live right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We're presented by Weinerman Payne & Wellness. We're powered by Pond La Hockey. We're fueled by the Sinesta Hotel, where one week from tonight we'll bring you our Labor Leader Roundtable. That's coming up one week from tonight, and we're driven by Chapman Ford, where all month, during the month of February, you can find great President's Day sale uh, pricing, uh, at Chapman Ford, visit our good friend Jim Stevenson. Uh, at Chapman Ford, visit our good friend Jim Stevenson uh, and the guys from Chapman Ford uh, up on the boulevard. J-Doc with me again on a, a Saturday night in Philadelphia. J-Doc, welcome into the show. Um, I thought it would be fitting for us uh, in this, our first President's Hour on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Uh, to begin, I'll get your thoughts and then get Pat's thoughts with uh, heavy hearts we still have for the situation that enveloping and developing down in Parkland, Florida. Um, I read a story yesterday um, about one of the security guards who was working at the school right. who jumped in front of the students Right. To save those students, the security guard ultimately passed away um, at the hospital. Um, but just um, a miraculous just definition a definition of somebody who's a hero. Right, and, and uh, you know, it, we talked about it, Pat and I were talking about it before we came on, and uh, just unbelievable um, that that can still happen. It's happened several times already this year. I think there have been uh, 18 school shootings across America. Um, and we, we, we're talking about, uh, obviously, thoughts and prayers to the families and uh, of those children that are, uh, you know, unmercifully slaughtered by, uh, by a madman. Um, and, and you think about, and we talk about on this show, about our teachers and, and, and about our, our, our school personnel and what a great job they do. But it's always been, and it's always been a, uh, a topic of how, how we keep them secure and safe. And, um, you know, they're already at a disadvantage often, you know, with, with, with uh, you know, the large number of students and all that. Now they have to worry about being, and it, and it seems like it's an epidemic, um, you know, being uh, safe and keeping those children safe. It's just a, uh, a tragedy of epic proportions, Pat. Well, it is. It really is. And, and, and my, my first reaction, obviously, is, is sadness, terrible sadness. And then my second reaction is anger because we have people, quite honestly, and, I, and I'm not blaming people in, in, a, in the way that you blame people, but I do blame people for not taking some uh, intestinal fortitude in this country and doing something about the kinds of guns that, that, are, that are being left out there for people. And, Absolutely. You know, this, this kid uh, was able to get this gun and, and get it in, in a legal manner, you know, 18, 19 years old, being able to buy this gun and whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, it, it, and, to, and, and 
you know, every one of them seems to have its own identity about how terrible, terrible, terrible. I mean, this kid went out of his way from what it sounds like to, to put the fire alarm on so he'd have more advantage to the kids, to be able to have the kids in a group. I, it, it, it's just that the words that you would have to use are just, just if it doesn't make you cry, I don't know what else it would do, but we, we have to do something. We can't. We can't, and listen, we talk every day about our fo- folks going to work and being able to come home in the shape they went to work. By God, the kids that go to school and, and uh, feel they're protected by just the very environment of where they are, uh, and listening to those kids and, and listening to the nightmare they went through. And, and you know, of course, the heroes. We'll, we'll probably hear of other teachers that probably gathered the kids up and got killed while they were doing it or whatever. There's a lot of heroes, but... There's a lot of blame, I think. Uh, we don't want to do that, but I'm going to do it anyway because people have to stop making a political football out of guns and, and, and lives and those things. And by God, do something about it. I mean, you know, either that or go home. Go home to where you belong. If you're not going to be a legislator that, that, that can do something for kids, I'm not talking about the country, I'm talking about for kids, then God darn it, go home. But but we've got to do something. And, and you know, when you do nothing, you cannot do anything good for anybody. If you do something, at least you could be half right, you know. And and it's just it's just a terrible thing. It's that it uh, it and certainly you, sets a tone for everybody's thinking. And you're talking about the political football. I mean, and common sense though. Like, um, I'm not a gun aficionado. I don't know a lot about them. I believe in you know everybody should have the, the right to bear arms. But nobody, nobody should be able to purchase a, a, you know, should be able to purchase a, 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 a weapon of, like that. Um, it's not a hunting weapon. Um, what What is the purpose of it? I mean, I'm just a regular guy. Um, and I, like I said, hey, I, I've always, you know, and I know, I've always believed in the right to bear arms because if you don't have the right to bear arms, only the criminals will have them. But what's the purpose of having it? It's a common sense thing. And like Pat just said, you're talking about children that are that are defenseless in a school. They think they're safe. The only thing they th- that the, the things that they think are that the grown-ups protected them. And clearly, at, at at the rate that we're going right now, and the tragedies and the lives that are lost, something's wrong. And uh, this can't constantly be, um, you know, it's mental illness. It's not a uh, it's not a weapon thing. Uh, that's got to that's got to enter into the equation, and whatever we have to do to keep our children safe, we got to do it. On this Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, as we come to you on a Saturday night, we broadcast to you with a special uh, show tonight. President uh, of the AFL-CIO, Pat Oiding, Pat Eiding, joining us for the entire hour. Uh, we start the broadcast and carry through the broadcast, Pat. Uh, heavy heart uh, for all of those in South Florida uh, and for all of those affected by the uh, tragedy. We will continue to update and watch as details uh, unfold. And I think, Joe, even though it's a few days, we can't we can't let this go away like we've had others that are news reports and then we forget. You know, uh, that was Wednesday night, but it's still in my mind, and, and it has to be in everybody's mind as we go forward, that something has to be done. And we may not be able to solve all the problems of the world by legislation, but we should, should we can start helping, that's for sure. And, you know, this kid obviously had problems. Uh, he had... Uh, had folks come up now and say, geez, he always was a little this and that. And that doesn't mean we could have known. He comes, unfortunately, his adopted mother, as I understand, passed away. Folks were kind enough to bring him in. But those folks around him missed it. But 
you know, he had a gas mask. He had uh, smoke bombs. You know, there, there's more to this than, than just the uh, – it's crazy. But anyway, uh, I, I say that because we can't – even though a couple of days go by, we can't forget these right. kinds of things. Right. And news with, – with the, with the, with the, it's not just news. And that's a, a good point, Pat. Um, we, we, we're, we're talking about – look – Couple days goes by, and 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 you know something happens on the on the news. Sensationalism, you know, some actor gets a divorce from another. Next thing you know, it's off the front page, and it becomes just a part. You know, are we conditioned to it? And and like Pat said, we can't, uh, we we can't we can't let that happen. We gotta, you know. So our thoughts and prayers are out to all those folks, and God bless them. Um, you know, it's just a tragedy. But something has to be done. Tough to follow up on that opening statement and that opening few minutes with you here on a Saturday night, Pat. But uh, I do want to welcome you into the big chair. Uh, I'm glad you're here and glad you're going to have the full hour here on Saturday Night Live to cover a variety of topics, uh, kind of a president's State of the Union uh, with an opportunity um, from your vantage point to update us on the Delaware Valley. Here in our opening segment, um, I'm going to give you the microphone. Not sure where you where you want to begin. It's we're on we're unscripted it and off the cuff, so which is something I'm excited about, uh, but I'll let you take the lead from here in our opening segment. Well, Joe and Joe, as, as you well know, whenever I uh, have the opportunity to be here with you guys on the radio, you know there's an awful lot going on, and, and uh, that's the way it is now. The, a couple weeks ago, we had our annual retreat or, or planning meeting. Uh, we've, we've called it different things, but we come together in Atlantic City, and uh, we had uh, over 150 leaders participate in the uh, couple days. Uh, they were able to celebrate a fantastic Eagles win, which is amazing because you know? I had n- I had not seen Pat um, in a couple weeks, and and uh, I-, I said, "How did the, the retreat go?" Thinking that maybe you know, I was a little nervous to ask. I was nervous that weekend, thinking, "I hope I hope the effect didn't get uh, that, that the retreat didn't get hit too hard." He said it was as strong as ever, and everybody celebrated the victory together, which is awesome. Well, and, and I think the, the, the theme of it this year was it was about the uh, uh, situation that labor, not only organized labor, but working people face themselves with. I mean, uh, the same folks that we talk about that won't really take the initiative to uh, do something about guns and those kinds of things will take all kinds of initiatives to try to tear down the rights of working people. And, and uh, so the theme of, of the of the event back then was uh, uh, about organizing. And when we talk about organizing, folks think we're going out on the street uh, trying to get new members. We're talking about organizing our own members and, and waking our own members up to the fact that there's people out there that don't want us to have a union. They don't want to have us, want us to have the right to be collect, to have collective bargaining. And, and uh, you know, we go further, whether it's the state, which we know with, with elections coming up, that we have to be concerned with that, uh, that issue. Uh, again, uh, you know, I, I remind folks that a couple of years ago, we put over 2,000 labor people up in uh, Harrisburg because they were, uh, were looking to do a bill called the uh, Paycheck Protection, we call Paycheck Deception. And uh, that, in, in its surface, coming from the legislature, well, this only means the people who work for the government, people who work for the state. But the truth of the day is if you're taking away the right to collectively bargain, you're talking about everybody. And so on that particular day, reminiscent, we had uh, 2,000 people. It was one of the coldest days of the year that year. Uh, I was dumb enough to be one of the ones outside. Hmm. But, uh, but also I was very fortunate to see representatives from every labor organization you can imagine that we represent and folks we don't represent. And so, you know, that told me that we, we still have the wherewithal to fight against these right-wing people 
that uh, want to make millions of dollars and don't want us to have the right to have anything, and uh, especially that. So uh, we had a great get-together. We had the head of the National Building Trades was there, uh, did a great job, Sean McGarvey, and we had the uh, new representative from the National AFL-CIU who will be handling the political end of it, uh, Julie Green, and she was fantastic. And, uh, you know, we had uh, the mayor, because those eagles kind of messed up the uh, timetable a little bit, <laughs> the mayor was supposed to be there Tuesday morning, but Rich Laser, who's deputy mayor for labor, great was guy. there. And I got to tell you, he uh, he did a great job. Uh, he does a great job every day working with us and working with working people. And, again, not just unions. He, You know, we we I take a lot of things to Rich, whether it's kids in school and uh, things that we're trying to do to help the kids in school maybe become apprentices, those kinds of things. So there's a lot. There's a lot going on in the city of Philadelphia, and it's good stuff for a change. It's, it really is. I mean, I don't claim that we have the answers to a lot of things, but we're taking on problems that, Folks before maybe didn't want to get involved in. And, and you know, the inclusion as far as it pertains to the building trades, we're addressing that. And the naysayers out there that want to talk about numbers, I say to them, take a minute out of your lifetime and, and, get, and get together with the kids and try to help them so when they take the test to be an electrician or a pipe fitter, they can pass it. And so, you know, we, we spend time with the school. So a lot of the stuff in Atlantic City is, is about what we as labor leaders can do in Philadelphia, not only for our own members, but for, uh, for everybody. And uh, so, you know, when we get a minute, we'll talk a little bit about some things that are coming up and, and some good things that are working in the city. But uh, not for something to do, that's for sure. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. It's a special show for us here uh, on this Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's an hour with the president of the Philadelphia AFL-CIO. Back in a moment. And back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Fueled by the Sinesta Hotel, J-Doc, we're one week from tonight. Our second Labor Leader Roundtable, and we're super, super excited uh, about it. Uh, we'll be up at the Sinesta Hotel, uh, a great tribute and a great lineup. That's going to be our, our tribute to Black History Month, um, Labor Leader Roundtable. We're going to have a great uh, panel of, of, of Labor Leaders. And uh, just going to be, you know, we, 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 it's just Black History Month now, and, uh, you know, it's a, a Really important month in, 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 in the labor movement. Uh, Pat Eiding is, um, we, 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 we've talked about it many times, and um, we're getting the opportunity next week to uh, uh, have our labor leader around to add Sinesta. And I, I do want to say one thing to, to our listeners. Um, uh, President Pat Eiding is going to be on the third Saturday of, of every month, so we're going to get the opportunity. This is actually the inaugural show. We're going to be doing the President's Hour every month. So we're going to get the inside scoop and, and the landscape of labor right from the top every month. And so this is a mess. And you know Pat has been our co-host for three years, uh, and uh, so it's so exciting to have him back on the broadcast and, and certainly something we're going to be looking forward to every month. No doubt about that. And, Pat, you know me. When I, when I see a big event in Philadelphia and I realize – uh, the work that goes into executing that event, and I watched uh, in preparation for the celeb- for the Eagle celebration and for the parade and the staging uh, and everything that was going on in a short period of time, round the clock, uh, execute it to perfection. Um, again, I stand there and I wonder, and I ask the Delaware Valley, which is why I'm so thrilled we're on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, because I can certainly get an opportunity to do it. Um, why so much resistance? Why is there still so much distaste or, uh, or, or, or so much um, talk 
uh, not in positive light uh, about all of the hard workers and all of the different locals and, rep- and, and unions that you represent. Well, you know, Joe, you make a good point because the, the reason those things can happen is, number one, we have the best trained workers in the country as far as I'm concerned. There, nobody, I'm not saying there's not good training uh, facilities other places in the country, but nobody's better than ours. And so when, when you know, the city has an event that they're going to need some people to put together between the leaders and, the, you know, i got to tell you, not just the building trades, but all the leaders in the city, they're all about the city. They, you know, if the city moves in the right way, we believe we will move in the right way. And we got a mayor now that... Uh, God bless him. Uh, we just hope he don't spread himself too thin because he's he's trying to do good for everybody, and, and you know he's he wears the city of Philadelphia on his sleeve all the time. And what's interesting is you know we talk about the, you know because I I live down uh, in in the East Falls area and when I drive up the when I drive down the, the East River Drive and and you see this was not one of those things where you had a lot of notice. I mean, God, we were all hoping the Eagles won the Super Bowl, but they had like a week to plan this. This wasn't like a six month thing, and that. That was the. I mean, there are varying views on how many people attended, but there was millions of people at the and down by the art museum. They put that situation up. All the all the, um, I guess the big screens and the stage and all those things and all the barriers in like three days. And that stuff just doesn't appear. And it's union labor that does that across the board. And and by and, the way, just to add a little, just to add, what about political to, support? The day before the parade. Heavy, saturating rain. I mean, they were out there in the yeah. pouring yeah. rain. That, did, that didn't allow for it to be any easier. And you talk about the timing. They, they, they saw the weather projection. And actually, we're going to have that parade on Wednesday. That would have been a disaster. So now you're talking about the time frame being short another day. And, uh, you know, folks that were smart enough to see that wouldn't have, you know. I don't know that you still wouldn't have had all those people out there, rain, shine, or whatever. Oh, yeah. But they saw that. So, you know, you're, you're right, Joe, in a short period of time. And, listen, we, we were down in Atlantic City then talking about how it was going to affect our meeting. You know, it, we were concerned they're going to do it on Tuesday. And the game hadn't been played yet. So we were concerned. You know, now, listen, there were some of us thought the Eagles were going to win, so it was okay to plan. Right. That's another smart thing about our mayor. He knew the Eagles were going to win, so he started playing ahead of time. So, no, it was a great thing. But, you know, that's that's why it's important that we work. And and I know John Doherty, the head of the building trades, and and Tony Wigglesworth with Palm. Uh, We're doing a lot of work with different groups in the city to try to make sure that the kids coming out of our school system can pass the test to be in a trade. Because unlike those folks that just want to talk about numbers, we got to make sure not only that the folks that want to get into the trades, whether it be a young lady or a young man, folks of color, that if they're fortunate enough to get in, they have the the, the background of mathematics and, and reading that takes them into that that industry as a career because guess what what folks don't understand in the construction industry once you're in and on a job the union all the union can do is protect you the boss decides whether you work or not the boss decides whether you get laid off today or you work tomorrow the boss decides and you know one of the one of the problems helping kids get a driver's license. we don't have driver's ed in our in our education system anymore unfortunately there's a lot of things we don't have so you know folks will say well why do you think the kid has to have a driver's license well if if the boss comes to you at the Comcast building in Center City, Philadelphia, said, "Look, I need you in Roarsford, Pennsylvania, tomorrow, That's where you got to go. Right. Well, you don't have a job. 
Now, the union can't protect you from that because in our collective bargaining agreement, we cover those areas. You know, some unions go as far as Harrisburg, cover half of the state of New Jersey, the state of Delaware. They're Philadelphia unions. So there's a, there's a lot more to the industry. The folks who want to talk about numbers and inclusion, they don't even take a minute to find out what it's about. So what we're trying to do collectively, and I know John is at the leadership of this, we're trying to find ways to help kids get into the industry, get into the, the, the uh, whether it be the insulators, the pipe fitters, or whatever. And, and think about it. You can't have kids coming out of high school graduating that are at a seventh grade reading level and math level that are going to be able to be an electrician because – Five years of school can only take what you're able to read and what you're able to do to make you a good journey person. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that, and and uh, certainly, and that and that is uh, there's a commitment there, and it's one of the things that provides our labor community with such an advantage, and and why it's so why and what people don't understand about unions, Pat, you've said it many times. How much money do we spend? Um, and I mean, not government money. I mean, per union on an apprenticeship. Oh my God. And it's all, listen, it's all from the industry. I mean, you know, there may be some grants now because we're trying to do some things, to, you know, with the kids in school and other organizations. But for the for the, all the years that got started in the 60s with these training programs, it's always been self-funded by the union and the employer through the collective bargaining process. Nobody else has ever put anything into that. And they developed uh, their, their universities. When you go, if you go to D.C. 21, you're going into a grounds of a university. There's seven trades that they teach. They have pre-apprentice programs where they bring kids up while they're in school to see what these trades are. There's, there's a lot. If folks would only take a minute and see what's there and then try to help do what we're trying to do rather than try to break it down all the time, I think we'd be much better for it. So I, I think the good thing to report here in Philadelphia is we're going in that direction. You know, we, we have the uh, Penn Assist Program, which is a collaboration of uh, Pennsylvania, you know, Pennsylvania hospitals and, and uh, the, the contractors and the unions to get kids from the CTE schools into apprentice programs. And that's working now. And Pat Clancy from the Philadelphia Works, the Workforce Investment Group, he's, had, he's found ways to be involved in this where there's other groups in there, third-party groups that keep this at a level where it's not, it's not just a believable thing. It's a happening thing. And so they're the kinds of things that are going on that are good. Now, while we say that, we have a lot of things that, that uh, are trying to take us down. And, uh, you know, uh, about, I guess 1977, there was, a, there was a, a Supreme Court decision called Abood versus the Detroit Board of, of Education that, was, that, that established that there's a thing called agency fee. And what agency fee means that there's folks who work for uh, the government or they may be in other industries that are public that they, they negotiate collective bargaining rights as far as pays, about benefits, and those things. And folks who don't want to belong to the union don't have to belong, but they have to pay dues. And now there's a, there's a piece going to come up in the uh, Supreme Court. It's called the Janus, J-A-N-U-S, which is about a person who fought this thing uh, to say that they, shouldn't, they have a right not to pay dues. And so the Supreme Court could very well say that they're right or, or say they're wrong. We don't know which way it will go. The bottom line is if they say that Janus, this, this man Janus is right, then folks who are paying dues now won't have to pay dues. But they'll still expect to get all the benefits from collective bargaining. 
The union's going to have to pay people to do that work as far as uh, grievances and those kinds of things. The union's going to have to pay legal services for people to make sure everything is done properly. All that's going to be done by the union. These folks on the other side that, that are following this thing on the side that says they shouldn't have to pay dues, they don't want to pay dues, but they want all those benefits. Right. And, 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 and that's what people don't understand when they see this. They just think it's the right to work. Or it, basically what that is doing, if, if the Supreme Court rules the wrong way, they're creating a national right to work in, in public sector. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that, that you talk about, Pat, you were talking about organizing um, <clears throat> and that internal organizing, letting people know why it's important to keep. Otherwise, you, you're just you, you're not going to have the ability to collectively bargain, because if you let people not pay, in other words, you know, work without paying for, do, for, for um, uh, you, you know, uh, people who are working for them, um, it, it, not to pay dues to you know for those services, you're then eventually going to have you're not going to have a collective situation. And if you know the very folks who were supposedly state legislators or whatever level legislators who who think that's okay, I'm sure they wouldn't do their work and not get paid. Exactly. So you know where does that money come from? By the way, that comes from us. Maybe we shouldn't have to pay taxes then if that's the case. You know. Exactly. So. And then they talk about the cost factor of ours taking out dues. There's about 17 items that are taken out of that paycheck. Most of them are either federal or state. Sure. You know, and and so it's all it's an all made up thing that folks are are hoping that this the Supreme Court leans so far right that they'll think their way. We're hoping that we have enough people there with uh, with uh, with the thought of of uh, working people and and common sense to leave things the way they are because they're being done properly. It's an hour special report with the president of the AFL-CIO, Pat Eining, as he joins us on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Back in a moment. And back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Quick reminder for our listening audience, it's that time of the year again. The All-Star Labor Classic is now on the horizon, coming up the second Sunday uh, in April, the 31st annual All-Star Labor Classic, perhaps the best um, in the city and the amount of money that is raised by high school students competing on a basketball court. Um, the unions, Pat, have been doing it, and the building trades have been doing it for 31 years now, uh, raising an incredible amount of money. All of that coming up, and you'll give you more details as the month rolls on. Uh, but Sunday, April 8th, and uh, this year's event will be at the University of the Sciences. Uh, two games plus the media game should be good fun, uh, all good spirit, good joys, and an incredible amount of money raised by the labor community. Yeah, you know those labor people, they're bad people. Yeah. They do all that bad stuff I hear when yeah. I read the paper. But, but you know, guys, I want to I f- stay on that thought about, about the uh, Supreme Court decision that's coming about. Uh, you know, it, it, there's... As I was trying to do here, explain to people what it means to have uh, have the uh, agency fee and, 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 you know, getting benefits from folks and not want to pay dues and things. So to, to try to make the public aware of what's going on, because, listen, everybody has a busy world. They don't know what's going on every day. And a lot of times they hear this stuff about unions. They just think it's, oh, those unions. But the bottom line is we, we every once in a while we have to bring – the world's attention to what's going on. And so in many cities on the 24th of this month, uh, a week from this Saturday, we will be doing a, a, a day of action, working people's day of action right here in Philadelphia. We're going to do it at 10 a.m. on the 24th at the William Payne Plaza. 
And uh, we expect to have our national president, uh, President Rich Trump, could be here. I know the president from ASME will be here. And, uh, and other cities like uh, New York and Chicago, and fr- they're going to be doing the same thing. And, uh, in fact, we have folks that are going to bring some po- buses in from uh, other places other than Philadelphia for the Philadelphia event. So uh, I want to say to uh, anybody who's listening out there, any working person, come on down on the 24th. Uh, to Thomas Paine Plaza, which is right across the street from City Hall, and hear about what is going on by hopefully not going to be the result of the the right-wing Supreme Court, but we certainly have our concerns. Uh, It wouldn't be there if if folks weren't trying to get right to work in this country and, uh, you know, as we commonly say, right to work for less. But so on the 24th, we're going to bring that to try to bring that to everybody's attention in some of the bigger cities. And let's face it, our city of Philadelphia is, uh, as I say, the best city in the country. But other folks have to hear from us to know that. But but uh, so I'm asking all working people. It's 10 o'clock. It'll probably be two hours. Uh, you'll hear speak people talking, but mostly you're going to hear workers talk. That's who we want to talk. We, we're we proud that Rich Trump, President Trump is coming and, uh, you know, President Saunders is coming. But we want to hear from working people and uh, understand that uh, we have been talking amongst ourselves. What I mean by that is union members talking to union members to try. And that's what we call internal organizing. It's nothing more than talking to ourselves and reminding ourselves how we got what we have, how we're able to buy uh, you know, a house that maybe our, our, my parents never owned a house. And I'm able to do that because I had a good union job for all those years. How we're able to have a pension to retire on that many of our members are retired on. And, and, and without, and by the way, the public sector, the folks who don't want to pay dues, do they really believe they'd still have a pension if they didn't have the union collective bargaining agreement? So the 24th of, of February, a week from, from today, we'll be out there with, uh, I hope, thousands of people. Uh, we have, we'll have it organized that there'll folks be walking in, there'll be folks busing in. But it's all about bringing attention to the fact that the Supreme Court in their hands could change their right to folks to have a collective bargaining agreement. And, he, and, and Pat, you know, one thing I want people to understand is when Pat says right to work, okay, um, these are, um, just so you understand, because we talk about it all the time on the show and, and in the labor movement, um, but it's this. It, it doesn't mean the right to work like you're allowed to work. It means the, you know, we call it the right to work for less. It's a deceptive term. So anybody out there who's listening to you has to understand yeah. that you know we're, we're we're not against the right to work. We're talking about a, a, a two terms that are very deceptive that were created by right wing individuals that want to get rid of uh, representation for workers, uh, and that is right to work. We call it right to work for less. And like Pat always says, paycheck deception. They call it paycheck protection. But let's also remember this, right, Pat? When 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 there's a check off on your uh, to pay dues and your pay. You know, from your paycheck, it's something you voted on. Okay, it, it, you know, you, your union voted for that. You know, the members voted for that. It's not like somebody's doing it against their will. No. But these terms are created to deceive, you know, the the American people. And uh, it's great. It's going to be a great event, and, and certainly looking forward to uh, a lot of people showing up and 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 uh, their voices being heard. Listen, people died to have the right to have a collective bargaining. People, people fought. Uh, our, you know, our forefathers, and not too far back. I mean, they, they fought to have these rights, 
and the Pinkertons and those people who would, you know, would shoot you because you had a picket sign. I mean, and, and so what these folks are doing, and they've done it through, you know, it's a whole other subject, gerrymandering, but they've done it through, by taking control of these states and, and, and pushing this right-wing thing, the ideology that there's no rights for working people. I mean, when you think of the separation, and just without going under all the, uh, yeah, it's, it's listen, it's like this great thing that the, the, the president just did with taxes. You know, there's a lot of our folks are going to get a eight eight hundred or thousand dollars paying the taxes, and they think this is the greatest thing in the world from this guy. Next year, they better beware, because they're going to lose more than they've gained, and it's the it's the deception of it all that happens because. The folks with the big money, they're going to get more big money, and the employers are going to be able It's not going to filter down. And God bless it. If the, if the jobs come with it, then, then we'll be happy. You know, we, you know we, there's more jobs. That's, I fight every day for people to go to work. But there's a lot of deception that goes on. And so what they couldn't do with guards and guns years ago, they're trying to do with the Supreme Court and legislation because they think they – I mean, listen, this guy, this guy Wagner – who wants to run for governor of Pennsylvania, he wants to do away with unions. And just think about, folks, just listen to me for a minute. Whether you're in a union or not, do you really think that you would have a 40-hour week, you would have benefits that are are pensions or 401Ks or health and welfare? Do you really think you would have had that if nobody was fighting for working people back when they did? When the folks before me were fighting for people, do you think you would have that? With you know, with this with this idea, I don't want to pay dues, but you want to get it for nothing. There's no free ride in this world, and you got people in Harrisburg. You take away your protection of a union, God bless you, because you're going to take away just about every right you have. And the voice, uh, you know, it's amazing. I think internal organizing is one of the most important um, uh, types of uh, strategies that can be uh, can be uh, done. And the reason is, is uh, you know, young people, if 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 for not for uh, teaching. Um, how we got where we are. I think they, they were born on third base. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they the, think they hit a triple, right? Right, right. <laughs> you know, like you just walk in. I remember one day when I when I'd first gotten into a union, and um, I was about 19, 20 years old, and a young guy came in, and he he's talking about um, not being happy about our, or, you know, something about our, our health benefit. I'm, like, I'm looking at the guy, and I'm like barely 20 myself, and I'm like, how would this guy know, um, you know, what to compare our benefits to? In other words, this, you know, he, he 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 was born on third base. He gets into a union that people already fought and died for, um, and so it's a great strategy for 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 the labor movement. So that individuals, if the Supreme Court get you know, does you know does pass something that strips us of our uh, ability to, to to organize easily or pay our dues easily, that the workers stand up themselves and say, no, I don't think so. Somebody has to pay for them services, and uh, we can't allow that to, to, to happen to us. Well, this this comment will probably bring a smile to a lot of folks who are fortunate to be out there retired on a pension, especially something that the collective bargaining got for them. But I can think back when, when I was a very young man, which is more than a day or two, <laughs> uh, going to union meetings and hearing uh, folks who at the union meeting saying, well, we don't, we don't want you to take that money for health and welfare. We'll handle our own money. Well, we don't want that 10 cents taken out for a pension. We'll handle our own money. And, and in the trades, people don't, may not understand that you, when you negotiate in the trades, you, most contracts that have everything included, you negotiate for health and welfare and pension. In the trades, you negotiate for a dollar amount that will go into health and welfare and pension. So they would, you know, these these guys would uh, mostly all guys. I have to admit that. Uh, in fact, they were all guys back then, and and they would be screaming, "Look, I can handle my own money." 
Now, fast forward, as I represented my local union, I could tell you more than one retired person who had screamed and hollered to handle his own money, right. was out on a great pension and knocking on my door and saying, do you think we'll get a cost of living raise in our pension? Right. You know, the same one that fought. So, so there's, listen, there's human nature and there's human nature. And I, and I saw, I saw a, a video of this gentleman, Jane, who's, who's handling the, the Janus thing. And he looks like a regular person that's working. And somewhere along the line, somebody filled him up with the idea that he doesn't want to pay dues. He shouldn't have to. But it doesn't say anywhere there where he'll he'll take himself out of that uh, portion of folks that get the, the service, ra- right. raises and the services and the protection, you know, and, and somebody to go to if somebody puts upon them a grievance procedure, those things. So, you know, personally, you know, somebody talked to this gentleman and said, this is what you should do, and I'm sure that's what happened. But uh, aside from that, there's a lot of thinking that goes on in the world. But one thing I ask people to think about, do you really believe that you would have what you have, even if you don't have the luxury of a collective bargaining agreement, if somebody before us didn't go out there and fight for it. Four years into this program, Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I take you into the commercial break with this statement. You've heard me say it many, many times. Uh, I'm not in a union, and I understand and appreciate the value of what a union brings. And I always ask the listener to close your eyes And imagine for a moment what it would be if you didn't have it. And what would the outcome be? And how would your life be impacted? And what changes would you be forced to incur? Think about all that. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, back in a moment. And welcome back, everyone, to Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, presented by Weinerman Payne and Wellness, powered by Pond La Hockey, fueled by the Senesta Hotel, and driven by our good friends up on the boulevard, Chapman Ford, where they have President's Day sale specials going on all month long. It's a special show tonight. The president of the AFL-CIO, Pat Eine, joining us for the full hour tonight. So, listen, guys, I know because I, uh, I don't get here as often as I used to, I have an awful lot to, to bring, maybe. We're loving it, Pat. May, maybe it's boring. It goes maybe quickly, not, doesn't it? But, <laughs> we're loving it. But, you know, the other th- another thing that we're working on, it's, it's at very early stages, is what we're terming a fair work week. And, that, and, you know, what that basically surrounds itself with is folks who come to work on a day, time, a day, and don't know what their week's going to be. They don't know what their hours are going to be. A good example would be uh, somebody works, I'll use fast food because it's, it's well known. Uh, somebody comes in, they're, they're, they're working these two couple days, and then the boss comes to them at 7, 8 o'clock at night, so by the way, you've got to come in tomorrow. And the, the person may very well have a child at home, and they have to get daycare, and they don't have the wherewithal to be able to do that in a moment's notice. Uh, they may be told, look, you're not going to work tomorrow because we don't have any work for you. There, there's all kinds of variations of how people uh, do not, you know, most of us when we go to work, uh, even if it's, a, it's, a, it's an 8 to eight to 4 job or 9 to 5 job, whatever it is, we know that that's what time we're supposed to be there. That's where we're going to be that week. And by the way, I have so-and-so down the street who does a great job with my kids, and, and you know, we can do that. Uh, or it could be somebody who's only gets two or three days a week could be working a second job if they know that they're that, what their hours are. So there's a very unfair practice that happens for thousands and thousands of workers. And so we're going to try to take, take this to city council and see if we can't get some legislation just for these folks. 
It's not to dictate to collective bargaining. It's not to dictate to the big companies because the big companies already have a set 40-hour or whatever it's 50-hour, whatever it is, that the overtime may be an argument. So it's called Fair Work, work, Fair work Week. You're going to hear more about it. Uh, last Tuesday, in fact, uh, Tuesday night at City Hall, there was a little rally with workers, workers talking, not you know, not me and other, but it was workers talking last week. So uh, you're going to hear more about it as it progresses. Like to have folks keep an open mind about this. You know, put yourself in that situation. Uh, you you may be a single mom or single dad, and and you may have a child that has to be taken care of while you're working. Or maybe because you only get so many hours, you need two jobs. You've got to know, you know, the boss has got to be fair about it. And so uh, there's a lot more to it, but it doesn't affect the real business world that we normally, we normally wind up with a fight with. In fact, I expect that we'll have some folks with bigger businesses agree with it. So that's something you should think about. Uh, the last thing I want to do, which is probably shouldn't be last, it's very important. We've got a guy by the name, a carpenter by the name of Bob Brady who announced uh, last week that he wasn't going to run for Congress again. And and uh, I have to tell you that, uh, that when you look back at Philadelphia and some of the, the names that we recognize a lot, Bob Brady probably is more a working man's uh, politician than anybody I've met in my time. I mean, he was, he was there for every issue that ever happened in the city as far as strikes, those things. He was always fighting for the working people. In our world, where we talk, we talk about legislators about how their voting record is. Bob Brady had a hundred. There's not another person I know that has a hundred percent voting records. How it relates to collective bargaining and labor unions. So, in recognition of that, at, at, and I mentioned last uh, two weeks ago, we had our uh, we had our uh, 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 retreat uh, leadership thing in Atlantic City, and our board and and uh, last Wednesday. Our uh, delegates voted to do a resolution thanking Bob Brady for all the work he did for working people. So I wanted to make that noted because you're going to hear all kinds of stuff that, well, he's doing it because of this. I talked to Bob personally when I went to him and shook his hand and thanked him for all he's done. And he said, Pat, I'm tired. He said, I got grandkids I don't see. And let me tell you something. I can relate to that. You know, uh, I was unfair to my kids because I wasn't available. My wife, you know, my wife raised those kids, uh, did a great job, but she was there, and I was doing union business. You know, right now with uh, with my grandkids and my wife, the mayor asked me to be on this committee for, for the school board of Philadelphia. Very time-consuming, but it's good work. It's God's work. It's got to be done. We have to have a great school board in Philadelphia if we're going to have education for kids in every neighborhood. And that's what my goal is, to be there. So you do these things, and then you realize, well, geez, I can't get home, you know. Uh, listen, it's the way it is, and it's what we do. Bob Brady did this for most of his life. And by the way, he's a carpenter. He's a union guy, you know. So I got to, you know, you got to give him kudos for that. But. But I, so publicly, I'm telling you that the labor movement in Philadelphia uh, have put together a resolution to thank Bob Brady for those years. And I hope other people recognize he, he's been a, a, a great representative of Philadelphia. I know he's not going anywhere. He'll be involved. But uh, he was a great congressman. Absolutely. Here, here. Um, Want to, yeah, obviously, on, on that note, thank, yeah, obviously, Congressman Brady's done an amazing job for, for working people. And, and uh, you know, I, I for one, have uh you know you know loved the man and 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 what he's done for working people and certainly he will be missed no question about that it won't it's not going to be the same no question uh but I, like you said he, i'm sure he'll be around but uh you know 
You're not going anywhere, right, Pat? Not that I know. No of a chance of that. <laughs> Listen, I got a great mayor that's got the work for us to do. We got to get that work done. Yeah, that, that's an announcement I don't want to hear in my lifetime. So, um, no, that's that's uh, well taken. No question about it. Uh, uh, Joe, I want to I want to thank Pat and tell him that I you know obviously look forward to having him every month. It's just an awesome opportunity to be here to listen to what's going on in the labor movement from the top. As these president reports come to you monthly, uh, perhaps we'll put a spin on it. We'll uh, entertain some questions sometimes throughout uh, uh, throughout some of the upcoming months. Uh, the president will stand at the bully pulpit when necessary uh, and dictate to the city if necessary. Pat, I do want to, before we say uh, our final goodbyes, I do want to uh, one more time give you a, a, an opportunity to reference the day of action. I think it's a very important day. I think it was a very good invitation, and I want people to leave this show tonight at least being aware of a day of action and what it means. It's a week from today, the 24th of February. It's 10 o'clock in the morning, Thomas Plain Plaza. Uh, we're going to have working people there from, from not only from Philadelphia, from surrounding counties, from, from New Jersey. Uh, there's folks coming here because they see the importance of working people standing up and being heard. And, and, and this is an opportunity for all working people to have that. Uh, so please come out. Come early. Uh, I can't tell you whether there'll be any refreshments or who knows. You know, you got Johnny Dock and the rest of the world. They do things that they're always doing <laughs> good things. But I know people will be there, and and God will, and I'll be there. And uh, our president from the National AFLCO thinks Philadelphia is important enough to be there. So please come out. Let the world know that you have a right to have collective bargaining. You don't have to have it if you don't want it, but you have the right to have it. Don't let them take away that right. Well done and well said from the president of the Philadelphia AFL-CIO, Pat Eiding, joining us a special one hour with the president here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Jay Doc, give you 30 seconds or so to put a recap, and then I will uh, say goodbye and get out on time tonight. No, it's just, it's... uh you know, obviously a great show. Very, t- you know, obviously our prayers go out, like we said, to those individuals um, who lost their lives. There's so uh, many issues in in, in regards to that. Uh, President Ining, uh spoke on them, and and uh, so our thoughts and prayers there. And and uh, well, again, I want to thank uh, President Pat Eiding for being a part of the broadcast. It takes it to a whole new level, and uh, we, we we just love it. So we look forward to it every month. And Pat, I don't understand, and I can't. I just will never be able to be convinced by a man like Wagner or anybody else why he would stand and insist and push the message um, that unions should not exist. And he made all his money off the public sector, by the way. We paid for what he's doing. Somewhere in this state we paid for his millions that he has, and he doesn't want anybody else to have that right. Thanks, everybody, for listening tonight to our special show. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We're presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness. We're powered by Pond La Hockey. We're fueled by the Sinesta Hotel. Don't forget our Labor Leader Roundtable one week from tonight. Uh, we'll see you at the Sinesta Hotel, and we're driven by our friends at Chapman Ford all month long. President's Day specials, go see our good buddy, Jim Stevens. And on behalf of the president of the AFL-CIO, Pat Eiding, and my partner, Jay Doc, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.